Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. And in this episode, we're going to talk more about the travel odds and ends. Uh, this is a part two of a series we started a couple months ago, and we got some really good feedback on it, so we're going to do some more of these. I'm joined at the table by our panel of experts, agent consultant for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Tracy Heinrichs. Hi, everyone. Client services manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Hi, everybody. And back in our production facility, we have our producer, Craig Williams. Hello, everyone. Hi again, everybody. Thank you again for joining us. Um, as I mentioned, this is another Travel Oz and N show. This is um, subjects, ideas, things that don't necessarily fit into any of the other shows we, we do. They're not sort of destination-specific or uh, type-of-vacation-specific, but we think they're kind of important, and we want to make sure that we um, talk about them. So we're going to get started. Um, the first one that we want to talk about is pre- and post-nights, adding pre- and post-nights to an existing reservation. I'm not talking about extending your vacation because you want to add more. This is the, do I arrive early? Do I stay later? based on the type of vacation it is. So, um, Tracy, why don't you talk about cruises for a moment and the benefits of pre- and post-nights for cruises? Sure. I think pre, for sure, is probably more the benefit when we're talking about cruises. So, you know, a pre-night means your cruise is leaving on a Saturday, say, for example, and you're going to fly in Friday, often Friday evening, late Friday, sometimes earlier through the day. The idea of that is that you're not flying in on the same day the ship's leaving. There can be delays if you're coming, you know, during the winter months from a northern part of the country or a northern country. Um, that also is true of the summer. Yep. I have a story to tell you when you're done. Oh, I'm waiting with bated breath now. <laughs> it's going to be a story. It's going to be a story. So, I mean, a lot of things can happen. Um there can just be mechanical issues. I mean, flights get delayed all the time. So why add to the stress of your travel day? Because travel days are stressful. Exactly. I don't care who you are or what you do. As many days, times as we travel and how many times in a month we fly, travel days are stressful days. Especially if there's, this is something, a cruise is going to start on time. Right. A cruise is going to leave with or without you. Right. So you want to make sure you have that buffer. That, exactly. Okay, I can be there and I can be safe in that. Yeah. Can we talk about the advantages of that for, saying Adventures by Disney trip? Before we go further, we talked about, the, you just said in a winter time when there's a winter storm. In Florida, there are thunderstorms. And as travel agents, we did not take our own advice. And we were flying to Europe to uh, catch a cruise traveling through the Greek islands. And we flew in the day the ship departed. And we came within, I'm not exaggerating, within minutes of missing our connection in Atlanta because of a thun thunderstorms rolling through Orlando. So that happens here in the middle of summer also. We learned something that trip. Uh, in Orlando, they cannot leave until 15 minutes after the last lightning strike. Right. right. So they're, you're sitting in the plane and you see lightning, then they're going to wait 15 minutes. And the other thing is... They have to take in the jetway. They have to stop loading the luggage on the plane for the safety of the ground crew. If there crew. is thunder, the ground crew has to go inside for 15 minutes, and they have to, as John said, retract the jetway. This happened to us three times before the plane took off, and our window in to catch the connection in Atlanta wasn't very strong, or wasn't very long, excuse me. So we did not even take our own advice. Yeah, I'm sorry, to get back to your question as far as Adventures by Disney... Adventures by Disney trips, as I've said before, are busy. 
not necessarily strenuous. They're just busy. And arriving a day before allows you uh, to acclimate to a time change. That's usually the biggest thing. But it also, as Tracy said, allows you to start the next day hopefully refreshed, that you don't arrive frazzled. And most adventures by Disney, the first day or the first event is a welcome dinner. And the last thing you want to do is show up that day and be exhausted and maybe your room's not ready. Get from the airport, check into the hotel. Again, especially if you're changing time zones. It's very easy to add uh, pre- and post-nights for an Adventures by Disney vacation. Um, Usually for cruises, it's easy as well. Um, for uh, Port Canaveral, though, you have a lot of choices. Yeah, you'd rarely not. There's not very many cases where you want to add your pre-night with a cruise line. Right. Again, it's not because they're not giving you a deal. There's no special rate for it. It's usually a contracted rate. Sometimes you get lucky, and the contracted rate happened to be better than what the general public rate is. But you know, you want to shop around a little bit. So depending on what time, especially coming in of Orlando, you've got choices. So if you were flying into Orlando Airport later in the evening, you may just want to stay at the airport hotel. The Hyatt is there right in the terminal and then move on to the cruise the next morning. There are airport hotels as well. Um, You know, if you're coming in earlier in the day, that day before, you may decide to stay at a Disney resort. So you could get Magical Express from the airport over to the Disney resort. uh, And then the Disney Cruise Line transfers that you could add to your cruise would pick you up from there. So there's lots of options. Just just to... Be correct. There are adventures where pre-nights and post-nights are not available. And that usually means that the arrival airport is a distance from where the adventure starts. Mm -hmm. And what they do then is they tell everybody to be on the ground by a certain time. And there is what they call a batch transfer, where everybody is on then on the same transportation. But for the most part, you can get... For the most part. There are, it, it, it's only a few that don't have them, but there are some. Any other travel that we really think you should think about that pre-night? I mean, like I said, you don't really think a Walt Disney World vacation is something where you worry about or a Disneyland vacation, unless it's a comfort thing. I think it's you. anything that has a set start date. Yep. If it doesn't have a set start date, well, it's not called a pre-night anymore. It's called you extended your vacation by a day. Exactly. Right? (laughs) It's a reason to stay longer. Yeah, exactly. If there's a departure time. Right. So if it's got a set, I mean, your Adventures by Disney welcome dinner is going to happen whether you're there or not. Right. Your cruise is going to depart whether you're there or not. So, you know, in those situations, this is when we would call a pre-night. A post-night is a lot more rare. This tends to happen more, um, you know, maybe to your airport there's only an earlier flight in the day so you're not going to make it you know on time and you have to wait till the next day there could be things like that but with adventures by disney it means you want to spend more time and you're fine the last destination the last part of your trip Mm -hmm. it's not a oh my gosh i'm not going to be able to make it right now one of the things where we did find booking through the cruise line was uh, advantageous was for a viking river cruise because mm-hmm. Viking has these packages where your additional pre-stay is actually part of your vacation. So they offer tours. Mm-hmm. Usually that's there's transportation to the ship is included in that pre-stay. Maybe a breakfast is included. So it's now sort of an you extension. You have to stay, say, if you don't want those tours and those breakfasts, those packages, those um, sort of packaged packages that mm-hmm. you add before your cruise are usually more expensive then you can add on your own. Right, exactly. So, because you're paying for those extras, you're paying for whoops, you're paying for the transfers and everything. So, all right. Uh, and then moving on to something else that um, 
clearly all of us at this table. Oh, we are very familiar with. Very. <laughs> pre-trip exercising or pre-trip conditioning, if you will. <laughs> Here's the deal. Ian, here you're breaking up. <laughs> really. Um, even, you know, you might be someone who says, well, listen, in my daily life, I do quite a bit. And I walk quite a bit or I, I'm an active person. You will be surprised, whether it's Walt Disney World or Europe, how much additional walking you do. I'm always surprised at it. Because I have that little thing on my phone that tells me, and I think, holy smokes, I can't believe how much more I did. So take that into consideration. Um, people talk about, you know, they walk a little bit every day to to sort of break that in and get used to the additional walking that you do. It's also about the climates that you are going to be doing this exercise in. Um, you know, at this point in time, Kylie and I can basically run a 5K right around a half an hour with our eyes closed and then uh, get on Castaway Key and try to do a 5K where the humidity is 150% instead of normal Orlando 100%. And we felt like we were, you know, being driven to death or something Mm -hmm. with that. And Or then going to Europe, going up into the mountains and you're walking around. The, The altitude difference, you're... You're going to start feeling that. So even though you might be norm, uh, might be normal to do a lot of walking and activity during the daytime, if you're walking around an office or inside your house in, right. in the air conditioning, it's it's quite a bit different than right. being in the. Or you've conditioned yourself to walk in Orlando in the shade, yeah. And all of a sudden you get on Castaway Key and you're you know out in the blazing sun. That's. I'm going to say something that everybody tells you. I can't. Even begin to tell you how is important how important it is. Please do not bring new shoes on vacation. Please do not go out and buy new shoes for your trip to Europe or your trip to Hawaii or your trip to Walt Disney World. Your shoes should be well broken in, and you should know they're comfortable. Yep, because you are going to be in pain if you have new shoes. And I would say if you're somebody like maybe some of us at the table who don't do a lot of daily exercise, don't expect you're going to, you know, there's that book couch to 5k or whatever. Don't expect you're going to go couch to Disney world and not suffer. Yeah, (laughs) Right. So start to condition you. If you're not one who's very active and you know yourself, if you are, or if you're not um, condition yourself. So it's just short little walks, just kind of get used to it because nothing can prepare you for how much time you're going to spend on your feet when you're here. And those short little walks are a great way to break in your new shoes. <laughs> and even, you know, we did Adventures by Disney where we were not ready for them, and we would say, listen, here's the deal. We're going to hang out here. Yeah. <laughs> you guys swing back around and get us. Or better yet, touring. tell me where you're going. Right. I'll meet you there. Exactly, <laughs> because I, I have a taxi waiting. <laughs> um, I also saw another tip that someone uh, sent me that said, don't, Pack anything you haven't worn or tried on. Exactly. You know, you go to the store and you think, this is really cute. I'm going to wear this on my vacation, and then it doesn't fit you. So that's always a... Yeah. I would say as well, along the lines of preparing and talking about not new shoes, bring, prepare, bring things that you may, that can help you if your shoes are not working for you. So, you know, for example, um, if you're going to get blisters, there's great products out there that are for... Um, like chafing or or like yeah. rubbing to stop for blisters. I've talked about. I think I've mentioned on the show before. Body Glide that helps with that. You can use that on your feet. Something called mole skin. Mole skin, perhaps. You know, bring maybe some band aids with you just in case. Because you, while you may be able to get some of that stuff here, you're going to pay for it. Um, I know everybody wants to look cute, 
Nothing should go into your suitcase that you are not 100% sure of. It just shouldn't. It shouldn't take up room in your suitcase. You should not try new products going on vacation because you might find that one doesn't work the way you had hoped it did. Everything going into your suitcase should be tried and true. You want to also, um, if you are a person of size like myself, um, you know, there's certain things you want to do to prepare. There's there's products, there's powders, there's different kinds of things you can get that would help with, with chafing. And as I had mentioned before, I know it kind of sounds like a weird thing to say, but it can be a real problem. And you've all seen those guys walking around the park with their legs like three feet apart as they try to walk. You know, if you're going to a together. humid climate, everybody should have <laughs> yeah. gold bond powder uh, in their bag. Yeah. So, you know, just... Think about those things because if that's not part of your regular routine, you may be surprised by Talking the result. About powder, a great tip that I got many, many years ago is if you get sunburn, gold bond medicated powder, you just take a uh, soft t-shirt and pat it on. Don't rub it. Your nerve endings are kind of already inflamed because of a sunburn. Just pat gold bond powder on. It will help you sleep. It's got a little bit of medication in it. It takes the sting away. Just don't use it above your neck. It is not for your face. You don't want to inhale gold bond powder. But gold bond powder will take the sting out. It will also make it easier for you to turn in bed. Mm. And it's one of those things that, and I'm not joking, when you're coming to Florida, get some gold bond powder. Excellent. Nice tip. All right, so moving on from there, we're going to talk about um, using technology on your vacation. Um, But we want to frame it in the terms of don't be this person whose face is always in your phone. Look up from what you're doing and enjoy it. Because we all know those people who have spent the entire time with an iPad open or something, and you think, why aren't you enjoying what you're doing? Use technology to your advantage. But don't. That's made a little bit harder by the fact that everybody now has an app. And everybody's walking around changing their phone or changing their dining reservations or booking fast passes. It, places have made it a little bit harder to put but them I away think, completely. I'm not saying completely. I'm just saying use them and then move on. I'm saying that, that you, know, you don't want to spend the whole time on it. I would also tell you, please don't use your iPad as a camera. <laughs> really? Please. We're so, making fun of you behind you. We are. So one of the things I want to mention is um, you want to uh, back up your photos and videos regularly. Regularly, You don't want to have the worry about losing them. You want to put them on a PC. You can up them to the cloud and all that stuff. But that's something that's really important is, you know, there's a people out there who maybe use one SIM card for everything. And then you find out that you've lost your picture. So back up regularly. Another good piece of advice is tape your phone number to your camera tape your name or your phone number to your camera um if you've got a phone take a picture of your contact information and keep it in your pictures people i hear this all the time from guest uh, guest services at disney people lose cameras and they have no way of telling you who it is unless there's some identifying uh, identification attached to it if you lose your camera or your phone, just make sure there's something on there. I think for the casual person who's taking pictures and not worried about you know super quality or doing anything fancy, phones today have great cameras in them. So that's enough to be sort of enough for, for travel photos for sure. Um, I don't know if, how many people really need to bring a super fancy camera unless you're 
a photographer by nature. The other tip on a phone that someone gave to me is that uh, emergency folks have been trained to look in your phone for something called ICE. And all that means is in case of emergency. If something happens to you where you cannot communicate with them, they will look in your phone for an ICE phone number. And that's just who they should call so they knew who to contact if you need help. And it's a stupid thing that takes you 30 seconds to put in your phone, but it could help you. ICE. Excellent. Um, Along the lines of technology, you mentioned apps. And there are certainly apps now for everything. Um, There are some that I find more useful than others. Uh, I think one of the best apps that I have is actually my airline app. Um, Not only can you get your boarding pass and check your flight status, but ours lets you track your luggage. There's nothing more satisfying than getting that little thing that goes, bing, your luggage is on the plane with you. In actuality, in one time, we got stranded in New York City and no one could find our luggage. The the airline couldn't find where our luggage went, and we had missed our flight to Europe. And it was our airline app that told them exactly where our luggage was. Because they all have barcodes on the luggage now, and they scan them and they track them to the airport. You also want to check with your airline if they're on um, on plane or in plane. In, in air, flight? in flight, that's what I'm looking for. In air, in flight, entertainment is done through an app. Oh, it's true. So you may have to download that before you travel to your devices. So you want to make sure that if your airline does it, you've downloaded it, but also make sure it's up to date. We've been stuck a couple times where there's been an update we didn't do and we couldn't access Could get the entertainment, the, the yeah. in flight entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Places will do the thing where uh, you can get the movies instead of on the screen behind in front of you. Like you used to do, it's actually on the iPad. Right, exactly. For sure. Um, what else? What else? Disney's Park app is fantastic for many things. However, if you're not the person who has to have all those things in your phone and all that, it's even good just for um, uh, wait times for rides, park hours, things like that. Even the simpler. Nick was stuff. here last week, my cousin nephew. And he used it a great deal. He had a park hopper pass, so he would bark, bark. He would hop from park to park based on wait times to the things he wanted to do. Yep. So even if you're not doing fast passes or you're not doing dining, make sure you have that app. Um, there's a lot of other apps out there too. You know, I don't know if we can go through everything that's available, but I'm sure people have stuff that's useful to them. Those are the things I find the most useful. Let's talk a little bit about Wi-Fi. Um, we have become a culture where if you cannot get Wi-Fi now, you feel like you're totally lost and bad things are going to happen to you. Um, the U.S. obviously is a little bit better about this. Um, you can go to a lot of places. Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts now has free Wi-Fi. I just stores. Did ahead. you know that Walmart and Publix yep. have mm-hmm. Wi-Fi? I did not know that. I just learned that this week. McDonald's. Many McDonald's have free Wi-Fi. And if you're traveling abroad, one of the things is the big uh, providers like Verizon and Comcast will actually have hotspots in AT&T. So what you do is you get go to their website and you download their app that looks for uh, the hotspots when you're traveling abroad so you can find something to get some free Wi-Fi. Um, in general in Europe, Wi-Fi in the rooms is not great. It's usually better in the lobby. So you usually see people always go down to the lobby to get their Wi-Fi or they go to a, a cafe or something to get their Wi-Fi. But unless you're staying in one of the more modern hotels, it's not that strong in the room 
ABD specific. Almost most of the hotels ABD uses when traveling abroad have Wi-Fi available. That is true. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, one of the things that a lot of people are concerned about, something that I was concerned about on our upcoming China trip, is um, actually having the ability to communicate through um, third parties that may block certain things, like block certain internet sites, block certain communications. So you can use what's called a VPN. And I was just playing around with something called Tunnel Bear. And I know it sounds... <laughs> I know it sounds like I was probably Googling something I shouldn't have. Sounds like you're on Grinder. <laughs> it does. But Tunnel Bear, Tunnel Bear is a VPN, and so what it allows you to do is is connect directly to a U.S. connection so that you have a better ability to do When we things. get to China, will you just show me how to do this? Yes, I will do <laughs> okay. it. I'm going to tell you what. I will set it up on your devices okay, before great. we go. Can you let me – What again, was the name of that? Tunnel Bear. Thank you. You're welcome. I just wanted to hear you say it one more time. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, what are you doing in your spare time? <laughs> I am Googling Tunnel Bear and seeing what comes up. <laughs> There are other ones out there as well, but this is happening when I tried, and it seemed to work pretty well. So I'm going to try that out in China because we're a little bit concerned about China. We've heard stories about um, websites are blocked, and you may or may not be able to Things could be confiscated. Yeah, may or may not get your email. So we're going to take some precautions that way. Uh, The other thing I want to say is charge your technology whenever you can. Don't let it get down to you know 40% and say, oh, I'll charge it later. If you're available to charge it, charge it now. I'm going to talk about Nick again. We learned some things. Nick was fascinated. Walt Disney World has something called fuel rods. Mm -hmm. And that's where you pay $30 for a rechargeable charger. And he thinks it's the best thing ever. And you pay the $30 and you charge your devices with it throughout the day. And when it's depleted, you go to one of their uh, machines, one of their kiosks, put it back in, and they give you a brand new one that's fully charged. Uh, they're $30. You can re- re- reuse it as often as you want. At the end of the day, you get to take it home with you, and it's a rechargeable. Now, you would then be responsible for re- you uh, making sure it was charged, but I found out that many airports are now getting <laughs> them. They're actually – the fuel rod is actually $20 in airports. Where it's Some airports. We were in one where it was 40 Oh, really? So the price can vary. Yeah. So if you see one for twenty bucks, you'd be saving yeah. ten dollars. And the latest it, news is that Walt Disney World Resort uh, Resort hotels are getting those mm-hmm. as well, yeah. getting the machines as well. So you can apparently they're popular. So your first purchase comes with the rod and the cables, mm-hmm. correct? And then after that, you're just replacing the rod. It's it's kind of an easy. He loved it. That was like yeah. the best thing about his vacation. <laughs> kind of was. <laughs> was. He was so excited about it. It kind of was. Excellent. But this is a young man who's on his phone a lot. Yeah. Right. Anything else we want to talk about? Technology, things we want people to know that we haven't thought of. Um, one of the tips I read somewhere was someone said they use their Facebook kind of like a travel log that they post to Facebook or Twitter, and then that's how they sort of keep track of, you know, people at home can keep track of where they are, but then they can go back and remember their vacation that way, as opposed to having 400 pictures to go through when you get and back. And lots of people will warn you about not putting on social media when you're traveling, mm-hmm. just because of security, people at home know you're gone. But that being said, that's kind of how we all share. Right, exactly. You know, so while I get the spirit of why that would be said, it's really hard to do. The other thing I, I use, this was a trip tick. Trip? This was tape. a 
tip I learned, gotcha. someone told me long ago, I take pictures of everything I need to remember. I take pictures of, take a picture of where you're parked at Walt Disney World. Take a picture of anything that you need to remember. Take a picture of the back of your Dis- Walt Disney World ticket. Keep track of um, things in your in your phone. If you think you might forget it, take a picture of it. Or, you know, I travel with uh, always a notebook, a journal, and I write in that when there's highlights to do. Uh, yeah, you could post the social media and stuff, but... A, I don't like posting all the time when I'm gone. Every now and then I will use it to, like, um, if I'm hitting specific spots that I want to remember when I was there, at what time, and what I was doing then. But uh, otherwise, I try to avoid social media while traveling as much as possible. Um, you just you get lost in that world. Right. And you start sort forgetting of this idea about that, what happened. Oh, my God, I better tweet. I better post to Facebook. I better continue this and you think well then you're sort of not traveling then for yourself you're traveling for other people who exactly are following you. um uh i was gonna say something i forgot what i was gonna say about that um we are not on facebook kevin and i are not on facebook it's not a secret about it so we don't i don't know that much about facebook but one of the things that it does that i think is kind of neat that i've seen other people get is they get that do you know where you were a year ago uh, reminder somehow if this thing happens. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I was Wednesday. <laughs> but remember we were away and one of our folks on our trip said, oh, look, a year ago we were in Alani and there we were in Alani again. So that's fun part of it, I guess. Um, Tracy talked about... <laughs> Tracy talked about, you know, possibly the safety of not, you know, posting on social media when you're going to be away, you know, you want to be concerned about that. There are certainly some other things we can talk about when it comes to safety when traveling, whether it's abroad or whether it's here to a theme park. Um, common sense always applies. You know, you don't want to be crazy. You don't want to be reckless. You don't want to be taking money out of your wallet. And, you know, you always want to be aware of your surroundings. I think what happens is, um, especially in a place like Walt Disney World, you tend to believe that you're in a bubble and that, you know, nothing bad can happen to you. And that's unfortunately not the case. Um, keep an eye on your belongings at all times. You never want to, you know, never trust to leave something somewhere and walk away from it. Uh, here in Orlando and other locations, specifically lock your cars. That's true everywhere. Yeah. But people here know you're on vacation and they know you're going to leave your car and be doing something. Lock your car. If you're in Europe and someone approaches you on a city street, assume they're trying to take advantage of you. Be aware. Make sure you know where your wallet is. There are many, 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 many scams. Uh, the last time we were in Europe, there was the ring scam. Did you lose this diamond ring? And somebody looks down to see the diamond ring, and while you're looking at the diamond ring, the other person is going through your back. Um, just assume that if a stranger approaches you in the street just be wary assume they're trying to take advantage of you you don't have to you know react violently just make sure you know where your belongings and your valuables are if you're traving alone um if you're if you're traveling with other people try not to travel alone use the buddy system go out with somebody but if you are traveling alone let people know where you are uh, have an, a number for somebody you can reach. We had that happen with one of our folks on one of our trips. She was out exploring on her own during the day, and she didn't feel well. 
and she sort of knew that she could call us back in the resort right. if something went wrong. So keep that in mind. And if you're traveling abroad, make sure that you have copies of your passport. You should always have a copy of your passport. Um, you never know what can happen, what can happen to it. So make sure you put it somewhere, a separate location, safe. That you know where it is. Uh, and also keep one at home. Mm-hmm. You to make sure you have a copy at home. Make sure somebody at home has your itinerary and your emergency numbers, the hotel numbers, etc. Just make sure somebody has all of that information at home. Just common sense. Again, just think about you know what's going to be safe for you. All right. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about making your trip a little bit easier. Um, flights a little bit easier. Something that uh, we are very, very happy with and we suggest to a lot of folks is doing the Trusted Traveler program. Um, that's where you go and you fill out a form and you pay a very small fee. They will do a background check on you to make sure that you're someone who can be trusted. And then you get to go to the TSA pre-check line in airports. In my opinion, probably one of the best money ever spent I think it was for $100 for us to do oh it. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And But something that I think is gets missed is that you then have to enter that information on any airline that you're going to use. You have to build that information in your, into your profile so that when you check in, they already have that information because once you check in, it's very difficult to then go back and add the trusted traveler number to it. Then you have to go through regular security. Uh, this is working pretty much every place we've been in the United States. It's not always valid outside of the United States, but it's a good thing to have. It cuts down on your time. It cuts down on uh, taking your shoes and your belt off. The line is usually shorter. So we thought it was a good deal. I agree. Um, Google Trusted Traveler. You can you can find the website where you can just fill out the form. Um, There's the also fee. one called Global Entry. Global you might entry. see that. It called that also. We'll talk about that too. But then you're going to have to do a, a physically go somewhere where there's a location for the offices of these um, entry programs, or you're going to have to talk to somebody. It's usually, usually in an airport. Yep, usually in your local airport. <clears throat> Excuse me, easy to get to. Um, global entry is great, a little bit different, but it's along the same lines. And one of the things about that is that it will help when you travel back into the United States from being overseas. It helps with your um, customs. So uh, we've done that. We've speeded through customs that say JFK and things like that. So it helps to get us into the country so you're not standing in those lines. I think in Canada, um, it's called Nexus, if anybody's looking. It's yeah, Nexus. N-E-X-U-S mm-hmm. is, um, is the Canadian version of all of this. They also offer, now there's something called Clear, and that's along the same lines, but it's not exactly the same scope. Like, you couldn't do that again. It That's be actually custom. older than tra- the Trusted Traveler program. Right. Orlando's had that for quite some time. But that's something you have to do on a subscription basis. It's, also- yeah, it's like a third-party con- yeah. company, right? Like, it's not – it's like when you're doing TS, like Trusted Traveler or something, you're doing this through uh, security and border control. With something like Clear, this is something that you're buying where it's just getting you a different – a more expedient entrance – into the security line. And I've seen, now this has been going on for a long time here in Orlando, but we've gone through many times when that wasn't open. 
mm-hmm. but the TSA pre-check line was. Right. So it's one of those things. Just be aware of what you're buying. It's not the you're right. It's not the scope of trusted travel or global entry. And clear is also has to be in the airport. It has to be available right. in the airport you're traveling. That's through. what I meant. So that if you're here in Orlando, it's great. You're leaving Orlando, but you might be going to a. I haven't seen it in too many other airports that I've right. been in. Yeah. My trusted traveler, in my opinion, is the best thing that you can be honest with you. I haven't looked for it. I see it here, mm-hmm. but I don't. But again, you pay for it every year. Uh, and I just want to point out, with trusted traveler, they're going to do a background check on you. So if you've done bad things, you might not want that to. <laughs> you might not want to take that risk. <laughs> you've done a bad thing. You've done bad things. Be careful about that. <laughs> um, what else can we tell people about making their actual travel maybe flight easier? Um, what about luggage? You want to ide- identify your all for luggage. I think you should have. You it. think you should have it instead of garbage bags. Um, I am a huge fan of Tumi luggage. We talked about buying what type of luggage to buy. I think we're talking more about now identifying your luggage. Oh. Um, make sure that you do something that identifies it. You can put like a tie on it. You know, some people use a scarf around it. If you've got standard black luggage, chances are there's going to be a lot of black luggage coming off the, the luggage carousel. I saw a different colored duct tape, mm-hmm. and they put a design on their black luggage. Uh, the last time we talked about luggage, I got enough emails telling me what they everybody else thinks is a great luggage. You should start a discussion about this on the Diz boards. <laughs> I happen to like Toomey. I've had very good luck, and when I didn't, I found Toomey was willing to replace my luggage. That, to me, is worth something. It's not cheap. So other people think, you know, buy a $100 suitcase that you're going to use three times and then buy another $100 suitcase. Just buy the lightest weight luggage you can buy. We gave our opinion of it. That's pretty much what it was. It's our opinion. If you don't like it, don't take it. And it's going to depend a lot on how much you're using your luggage. You know, for... For some luggage at $100, if it's a three or a four vacation luggage, for some families, that's six or eight years. Yeah. You know, they're vacationing every, you know, year or two. In in our case, like, my luggage works. <laughs> now, we, I, we were talking about this two or three weeks ago. When I was a kid, we had the same luggage, I think, my entire life. Mm-hmm. However, we threw it in the back of the car and went from Albany, New York, to Wildwood, New Jersey. Right. Once you start dealing with airlines, that changes. <laughs> yep. Your luggage then is abused. Mm, yes. And yeah. always be aware of your luggage size limitations. Each airline is different. Don't think just because you're you're flying from Buffalo to Orlando, it's always the same. Airlines all have different rules, not only on the size of the luggage, on the size of the carry-on, how much they're going to charge for luggage, if they're going to charge for luggage. So make sure you're aware of all of That's that. That's even more true in Europe because Europe has airlines where we John and I have international carry-on bags. They're smaller, usually. Once you leave the United States, the carry-on, smi- carry-on size shrinks by a couple of inches. And you have to have what they call an international carry-on. So before you leave the country, check the airline you're flying. And that's especially true if you're flying internal flights in Europe. And weight, even weight differences yep. for traveling in Europe, for sure. Um, one more thing I want to mention about marking your luggage. If you are coming to Walt Disney World and you put a Mickey sticker on your luggage, <laughs> you are still going to have trouble finding your luggage. <laughs> everybody's coming to Disney. Everybody's excited. Everybody has those plastic Mickey head things. Do something a little bit different that helps your luggage stand out uh, at the carousel. Now, the nice part is if you're doing something like Magical Express, you don't have to worry about that. But still, you know, you want to make sure that you're 
getting your luggage, not somebody else's, and someone's not taking yours. Another yours. thing that everybody's told you before is make sure that when you pack, that whatever you're going to carry with you, that you have your medication, you have your identification, don't put your money in a suitcase, all of the things that you're going to need for that day or that you're not willing to lose should be on your person in your bag, whether it's a backpack, a messenger bag, a rolling suitcase. Think about what you're going to need and what is important enough to you that you don't want anybody else to get a hold of it. Let's talk about the thing where they offer people to check their carry-on bags. Mm-hmm. Now, we would never do it because of Kevin and his you know, expensive right. luggage taste, <laughs> expensive luggage fetish. But to me, it seems like if I were traveling somewhere and I wanted to perhaps save money on a second checked bag, this might be a great way around it. Well, the thing is. Because they almost always ask you to yeah. check your bag. And so those who are checking their carry-on are the ones that already have luggage coming out on the luggage carousel. Right. If you don't, if you're just traveling with carry-on. Oh, yeah, for the sure. The reason I'm traveling with carry-on is because I don't want to have to go to the luggage carousel after. So I think it, it depends on your reason. Also depends on your bag. I got to tell you, my carry-on to me is not being checked at the gate. Nowhere. Right. <laughs> my carry-on to me is coming with me. Um, you but, are preaching to the choir. Yeah. But I don't even let John touch my luggage. I also know that it's coming with me. So I sometimes put things in there that I wouldn't normally check. So it might have my iPad in there. It might have my... It, it might have, sometimes I'll put my laptop in there instead of my, my briefcase. So, you know, it could have things in there that I wouldn't normally check. Um, but I think checking it at the gate isn't a bad thing if you're already getting luggage off the carousel. Yeah. And I think, like you said, if it's, if it's just going to be more clothes or stuff that's not uh, right. valuable, it's not your medicine, right. it's not money, not ID, give it to the gate agent. And sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes, if depending on the boarding order, if you're close to the end of boarding, they're going to make an announcement and say the plane, the overheads are full. Yeah, not when we board. Yeah, not not in the part, not in your part of the plane, <laughs> but where some of us others sit. <laughs> I want to ask you a question. Ask John what would happen in that situation. <laughs> sometimes they would. They just don't give you a choice. You know. So if you're late boarding. Um, chances are the people who are carrying on bags like yours aren't sitting in my part of the plane. So it would never be a conversation that needs to be had. <laughs> you know, would not get on the plane. I'm guessing it would start with something like this bag costs more than your annual salary. Yeah. You're not taking my bag. <laughs> um, just to go a little bit further in that conversation, you know, we sit, we do like business or first class. We have been on the plane where seats have been empty and they're holding bin space. Mm-hmm. For the folks who haven't been seated yet. So I think in business and first class? Yes, exactly, Absolutely. Yeah. That does not happen in the rest of the plane. So in the rest of the plane, it's all fair I mean, game. We're gonna have to go see the rest of the plane. I looked back there once, I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to actually go back. So what happens you'll found get out people last time they don't fold your coat. <laughs> they'll get people you'll you'll walk on the plane and there'll be people already dropping their luggage. They might be in row twenty four. Right. But if they see an empty spot around row eleven, that's where they're dropping it. And it'll get to the point on a lot of flights. And the airlines have created this. Absolutely. The airline has created this mess. They end up taking off late trying to get people's luggage situation. You've done it. So Well again, I think it's they've created it because they charge so much yep. for checked bag. Yep. I can't believe some of the uh, carry-ons that people right. take on the plane. It's a I refrigerator think. box with a handle. Yeah, there's also ways to get around that, too, by seeing if your preferred airline has maybe like a credit card promotion with yep. it. Like Delta has 
um, one free checked bag if you are in, on their base uh, Amex card. And uh, not only that, but once you start going down that wormhole, if you're like really loyal to use one credit card, like I know a lot of people who do Southwest, they sign up for a, a card when the bonus is like 60,000 miles and then they just ride it and they fly free like it, sometimes up to like three or four times a year. There are a bunch of, of travel hacks out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a whole bunch for sure. The thing that annoys me are the people who put their luggage in the first available row behind them. I had a man scream at me one day. He was going to get off the plane, but he has put his luggage behind where I was sitting. And he turned around and he screamed at me, get my luggage. And I said, you know I don't work for you, right? <laughs> and until I hear the word, please... Your luggage is staying back there. He said, well, then I'm not getting off the plane. I said, who do you think is going to win here? <laughs> I got 200 people behind me. Yeah, luggage and boarding planes and stuff like that, unfortunately, has become uncivilized for quite a bit. Again, created by the airlines. Yeah, They've created this situation. Right. They've made it that we are – it's – survive survival of the fittest where you know everybody's out for themselves because they've just created this chaos that's why i say travel days are stressful absolutely all right so moving on from that let's go to something a little more pleasant let's go on to shopping um i don't know anything about this you don't know anything about it um this is actually kevin's mantra if you see something you like buy it do not wait do not circle back around. Do not think you're going to see it again. There's some explanation with that. I am not suggesting that you buy anything you want. But many times when you're traveling, if you see something and you hesitate, you will not revi- You will not go back. <laughs> I don't know what we're looking at. Craig was doing ballet back there. <laughs> um, and this all comes from an experience where I was told, oh, don't buy that now. We're in a hurry. You can buy that on the way back. Well, on the way back, never went by where the thing was. The other thing I tell people all the time, especially if they're standing there hemming and hawing over it, should I buy it? Should I spend the money? I say to people, do you have the money to buy it? Well, yes. When are you coming back here? I don't know that anybody has ever regretted buying the thing they really coveted. I do know people who have regretted passing it up. So there used to be a sign, a big billboard outside of the airport in Orlando that said, being able to say, oh, I bought this in Venice never gets old. And I think to myself, if you have found the one thing that will remind you of your trip, bring it home with you. I agree. I also believe this doesn't only apply to foreign travel. I believe it also applies to Disney vacation, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Even though you see a lot of the same stuff in different locations, that's not always true. Uh, we were at Disneyland, and I found those Star Wars ears, those Lucite Star Wars Mickey ears. And I thought to myself, oh, I'll get them on the way out of the park. And they were only available in one location. So get the thing you want then and now. Don't wor- worry about or think about, well, I can always get it later. And again... I'm not talking about blowing your budget. I'm not talking about buying a diamond ring. I'm talking about that souvenir, that item that you think this is it. When you get home, that's not going to be that big a part of your vacation expense. It's going to disappear in there. 
But if you leave it there, you're going to be sorry you left it. I think if it's some of those things that's you're you're worried about your budget, that's a different story. Right. Then don't buy it. You know, if you're worried about your and that's budget, that's not what I'm talking about. No, you're talking about. But again, if you see it and you like it, get it because you never know if you're going to see it again. Um, all right, talking about foreign travel, we're going to talk about one of our favorite subjects: bathrooms. <laughs> bathrooms overseas are not all created equal. I think when you travel in the U.S., there's a certain expectation. There's a standardization in the United States. Yes, yeah. you expect there to be certain. I assume parts. there is in Canada. I'm not well traveled in Canada, but every if, every day, every place you go, there's a hole in the ground in Canada. <laughs> they have to chop through the ice. They do. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, I laughed because that reminded me of my polar bear joke. Don't. Later. <laughs> don't. Um, <laughs> No, it's brought me back to Tunnel Bear. Um, <laughs> bathrooms in Europe are not standardized. Right. And certainly not of the standard people in the U.S. are used to. There's a very good chance that one of the things that you consider a necessity is not going to be there. <laughs> it might be a door. It might be a seat. It might be paper. It might be soap. It might be the whole commode. <laughs> That's right. We've had those bathrooms. It's we actually, you, you joked, we actually used no, I'm a serious. bathroom. At the in um, Milan, at the last at the where the Last Supper is, and in the men's room, the plumbing was two worn spots on the floor where your feet went, and there was a hole in the ground. So, I always tell people when we're going away, uh, overseas, bring some wet wipes, bring some. Uh, if you go in, I found it in Target. You can find a little spool of Charmin. It's a travel size. And what I do is, if it ever gets used, I just roll more up on that travel size, and I still use a little plastic sleeve. The other thing that I have found uh, pretty useful is I buy something called paper soap. And it comes in a little plastic envelope. It's not very big. but It almost take, looks like those paper mints that you right. put in your mouth. Like it's a little bigger mask. than that, yeah. about the size of a credit card. And you take it out. In most places, you can find water or bottled water. So uh, I take paper soap with me because that's not always available. And it's good to have. And that's especially if you're traveling to a part of the world where you're not familiar with what's going to be available. Uh, one of the things I think Americans might find unusual is that in some countries, you still have to pay to use the restroom. Uh, while it would be something as little as, you know, half a euro or something like that, it's still required to get into the stall. Offer them a 20 euro note and, and they, they scream at you in a foreign language and let you go anyway. <laughs> found that out through uh, firsthand experience. Exactly. And of course, to steal from Adventures by Disney, go when you can, not when you have to. Because again, you never know what the next bathroom will look like or where or it will be. Or if there will be one. Right. Because they don't have the same requirements that we have and abd will tell you that all the time well they've told us you go when you can not when you have to because public restrooms are not as easy to find like in the coliseum yep. the other thing that i found interesting too was so i think you know we have the mentality of let's say you see a mcdonald's you think <laughs> oh a mcdonald's i know i can use the restroom in a mcdonald's in a lot of places in europe in order to accommodate a bathroom, they actually had to go into the basement. So you have to deal with stairs mm -hmm. and, you know, some places it's like, you know, the Da Vinci Code down there. You know, it's a cave. We actually went to one in Paris 
where nobody could stand up straight. Yep. You had to like walk bent over to use the restroom. So, you know, if you have mobility issues and you can't climb stairs or go downstairs, something to consider is that you may not be able to use the restroom. As long Always as we're ask. talking about that, let's talk about that a little bit. Traveling any place in the United States, we have the ADA, the Americans with Disability Act, that buildings, public buildings, have to meet a certain code. The very few that don't have to meet that code are historic buildings. But for the most part, buildings have to accommodate a certain level of accessibility. That is not necessarily true once you leave the, I'm going to say North America. Does Canada have an ADA? Okay. Of course, yeah. The CDA, I'm assuming it's called. <laughs> um, that's not true because a lot of the buildings in Europe are historic buildings where there just isn't an elevator or a ramp that you have to then accommodate yourself. The other thing is many of the places that you would visit on an ABD are uh, cobblestones. And if you're someone who's using a wheelchair or a scooter, that becomes an issue. So before you leave, you should check to see what the accommodations are and what can be done to and we'll stop that now. make you more comfortable. Excellent. Good advice. All right, I'm going to finish up. I just have some random tips that I put together that I sort of from our travels and from various websites. And if you guys have any extra you want to uh, you want to add, please, please do. Um, this does not apply to Tracy, <laughs> but be adventurous and eat the food. You know, nothing bothers me more than the person. I'm not going to look at her. You know, when we're in Florence, we're in Venice, and has gone to the Hard Rock Cafe. Not to look in her direction. It was in Venice. Where was it? Florence. It was Florence. And you're surrounded by... Are you sure? Venice was just... We just went for a late afternoon drink and snack. (laughs) But it was not... Hard Rock. (laughs) But Florence is where John had called me and said, Hey, we're eating at this great restaurant. You want to join us? No, thank you. We're at the Hard Rock. Oh, my God. She was in Italy. Yeah. Some of the best food in the world. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? The Hard Rock had refillable Diet Cokes. Or coca light, if that's what you want to call them. And remember all those things we talked about that's not in the bathrooms? Every single one of them was in the bathroom at the Hard Rock. <laughs> so Tracy had her full Italian experience at Hard Rock. She exactly. Uh, I'm of the belief that you are someplace different. Try the food. Experience the food. Um, we have not been any place. Where the, there have been places where the food has not been great, but I think that's a restaurant-to-restaurant issue. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of a place where we visited where we thought, oh, the food was awful in this country. I can't either. All right. Um, But I think that's part of picking that country as a destination. You kind of – I know that I don't want to um, hang glide. I don't want to zip line. And I do not want to take a midnight trek to see the biggest bugs in the jungle. So the idea of going to Costa Rica does not appeal to me. I I, I just know that the things that are offered on that trip are not things that sound like – in the Kevin would enjoy these column. So pick your destination based on things that, you know, you want to experience. Yeah. I don't want to experience anything where I have to give my weight beforehand. (laughs) And because chances are I'm lying and I don't want to be, go anywhere where lying about my weight could result in death. (laughs) So I just avoid it. (laughs) If my weight is an issue, I'm not doing that. (laughs) 
That's why eating is usually not a problem. (laughs) So (laughs) that brings us right back around to your point. Right back around. (laughs) Um, Another thing I have is, you actually mentioned this earlier, is give family and friends a copy of your itinerary. I'm not talking about day-to-day. Okay, we're going to have breakfast in the hotel, and then we're going to go. I'm talking about flights and where you'll be. Hotel phone numbers. Hotel phone numbers, for sure. Just to be safe, just because if something happens on the news in the United States, in the country that you're visiting, they are going to panic. Yeah. Um, we've been on a trip where there was an earthquake hundreds of miles away from us. We were in Italy, and it was the earthquake that affected the Cinque Terre region. And everybody on our trip got texts, and the response was, it literally is hundred miles for, uh, hundreds of miles from us. It would be like in the United States, and you're in Florida, and something happened in Wyoming, or even closer. It's in the same country you are, but your family and friends at home are going to want to be able to make sure that you're okay. Exactly. 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 Um, and then just in general, you know, uh, traveling, Tracy's mentioned this, traveling in general is stressful. Um, flights are stressful. All that stuff is stressful. Keep in mind that things are going to go better for you if you do not freak out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always the people who freak out. Can I wonder, how do you get through your daily lives if this is what's going to send you into a panic? Take a breath. Go with the flow. Stuff's going to happen. I think if you go into it with the assumption or the thought that something could go wrong, I think you might, if you're looking, if you're saying to yourself that this has to be perfect, there's a very good possibility that you're going to be disappointed. The thing that you were the most looking forward to seeing might be closed. Uh, the restaurant that you want to go back to that you visited before might go out of business. Just assume you have to be you have to understand that when traveling, flexibility is key. Absolutely. Anything else we want to talk about? Any last minute tips we didn't cover? Sort of in general type of stuff. I would tell you take pictures, take as many pictures as you think is possible. I would tell you to not pass up the thing that you think you can't live without because you might see it again somewhere down the road. I would tell you to enjoy the company you're with because those are the people who are going to understand what you did and where you went. Those are the things that I think make that's the th- oh I know I would also tell you I would go back and reiterate make your luggage as useful and simple as possible. Um if you have something that you can wear once and then it has to be dry cleaned, that should stay home. Yeah, really. <laughs> if you can't wash it out in the sink and hang it over the back of a chair, it shouldn't be in your travel. That's not true if you're going someplace like Walt Disney World where there's a washing machine. But I'm talking if you're traveling someplace right. where, you know, if you've got a silk dress that you can only wear once and then you have to find a dry cleaner who knows how to handle that kind of silk, it shouldn't be in your luggage. I would say if you're traveling to um, places that are not your nat- your natural, your normal environment, so maybe people places where people are different, like what I talked about when we go to Hawaii, you know, I'm fascinated by how the Hawaiians, their culture and how they live. If you're in Europe, take time to talk to locals, to meet locals. It might mean going into a pharmacy. One thing we love to do, we love to go into grocery stores. Oh, we do too. Absolutely love it. Um, So just take some time to enjoy and understand that things are not always just the way that you know them to be. 
Um, things but isn't that can part be, of the fun? That's part of the that fun for absolute, us. That's everything for me. Yeah. You're also going to have the same thing I do every day. That's what's exciting about One it. of the things that is constantly talked about when you talk about visiting mm-hmm. Europe is that really white tennis shoes or sneakers, as we called them when I was a kid, are not as common in Europe. And people will say to you, don't wear white sneakers because you're going to stand out as a tourist. And I think, I'm following someone carrying a sign that says Adventures by Disney and there's 40 of us traveling as a clump. I'm pretty sure we've already been fingered. Yeah. I don't think the sneakers are the dead giveaway. And the other thing, too, is everyone says is, you know, don't let them know you're American. Please. Right. Who can not be more American than Kevin? You are the definition. We are. With the world situation, it's my understanding that Adventures by Disney has stopped carrying a sign like this. They are not announcing that it's bringing a Disney attention to themselves. Yeah. It's, let's not bring attention to it. They're carrying something less obvious. Obvious. I can so, tell you my ex- my travels in different states, different countries, different places has made me more tolerant of the world. It's made me realize that there are other ways, there are other point of views out there. There are other people who have put priority on different things. And it's made me um, appreciate the world I live in even that much more. I said this in another show. It gives you a broader sense of the world. Yeah. It, It makes me more inquisitive. I would, one more thing, and I promise I'll stop talking. I would tell you that wherever you're going, you learn to say, please, you, you learn to say thank you. You learn to say hello and use those. Mm-hmm. I find that if you make an attempt, the attempt it comes back at you tenfold. I would also let you know that most of the rest of the world sees English as a priority. So many places you go, while that won't be their first language and it might not be perfect, more people you run into will speak your language as an American, then you speak theirs. And having a little bit of hello, thank you, please, goodbye, it goes it's, a long, it's long way. I think it it's really respect is. for the I, people that you're visiting. I have found people bend over backwards to help you if you make the attempt. Mm-hmm. For me, travel is a double-sided coin. First of all, I get to go places and see things and experience different ways of life, but I also get to appreciate what's back at home. Oh, yeah, sure. I get to say to myself, you know, these are the things that I am grateful for because I can do certain things in a certain way that are not done everywhere else. So for sure, appreciate what you're seeing and experiencing. But, you know, I think one of the best parts of travel is it makes you appreciate what you have. Absolutely. I agree. All right. So on that note, we are going to end it. Uh, I'm sure in the future we'll do another Travel Odds and Ends show as more topics come up. But we hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, Thank you guys here for participating. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation.